Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. It is a good Monday morning here on September 18th. Happy to be with all of you. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for my dear sister in Christ, Teresa Tamio. She and Deacon Dom are celebrating 40 years, their 40-year anniversary. It was just passed on September 16th. And and a happy anniversary to my own husband, Ronnie. We're celebrating 19 years today. So uh, two happy anniversary to both of us, Deacon Dom and Teresa and me and Ronnie, uh, and blessings and prayers to them. And we welcome all blessings and prayers. Thank you so much for all your prayers. Happy to be with all of you here today. I'm uh, the host of Epiphany on Catholic Radio on Ave Maria Radio, and I love filling in for Teresa. And we have a wonderful show lineup here this Monday. Father Ken Garassi will be joining us, the author of Spiritual Warfare and Divine mercy the weapon for our times i i started reading this book over the weekend my friend jeff kassab from the ecrc speakers bureau he's a speaker with the speakers bureau and he's a podcaster and a bloggist blogs as well we've been both reading this book and it's really wonderful he and my dear friend uh, dora ibrahim who's also a speaker with the ecrc speakers bureau I um, <clears throat> have been very passionate about spiritual warfare lately. We've been having a lot of discussions. We have a text thread between all of us, and we have talks about spiritual warfare uh, often. And so this is our the latest book that we're all going to be, we're all reading together. And I'm halfway through the book, and I'm really excited to talk with Father Ken about really what inspired him to write this book. And there's a wonderful um, section in here when he talks about silence, how we pray in silence. And I was just thinking about the importance of silence and listening to the voice of God. And on my show, Epiphany, we talk about having those aha moments on your faith journey, those epiphany moments where the Lord really shines truth on your life. And if you really want to have those epiphany moments, we have to deepen our relationship with God. Go grow closer to Christ. And we can do this in silence and in prayer and in adoration, taking to the Lord questions we have right and and uh, I pose questions every day on my show to our listeners because as a coach as a leadership and life coach and a communications coach I work with clients all the time and I have these question guided conversations with them for them to pull out of themselves truth and awareness and have the self-awareness and as Christians we know that true awareness to truth comes from Jesus Christ and if we want to have the self-awareness where the light is really shined on us, truth is shined on us, we need to have that relationship with Christ. We need to go grow deeper in our faith. And, and Father talks about, Father Ken talks about silence. And I was thinking about Teresa's book, Listening for God as well, and hearing the voice of God in that silence. He speaks the loudest in the silence. And how many of us really silence the noise in our lives uh, in order to hear the voice of God? And there's a wonderful quote um, that Father Ken shares in his book. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. The more noise in our lives, the busier our minds become. You know, we really have to say, and that's why, you know, Catholic radio is so important too, because part of our prayer for life is developing that prayer for life and involves nourishing 
our minds and our souls with information about the faith. And that's why reading is so important. EWTN, Ave Maria Radio, we have a wonderful we have wonderful bookstores with a wealth of information, wonderful books from Catholic authors. These are great gifts. And as we head into the holiday season, think about those wonderful stocking stuffers in the form of books that help us on our faith journey. Catholic resources are so important. And Father Ken talks about Catholic resources. That's why Catholic Radio is so important. That's why EWTN is so important. That's why the, 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 all the platforms that EWTN offers us and the National Catholic Register, these are all important resources and tools on our faith journey. To grow in faith, these are all weapons against the enemy. We're not fighting flesh. We're fighting, it's a spiritual warfare. The enemy is the enemy. And in order to arm ourselves with all the weapons that we need, you know, the sacraments and our prayer life, going to church, we need to develop our prayer life through the resources that we have available to us through books, through reading, through listening, through watching. That's why we bring what we bring to you every single day at EWTN because we're arming you with information so you can go out there and live your life to the fullest, the, 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 what God had intended for you, your purpose in life and to protect yourself from the enemy. That's what we're all called to do as Christians, to protect ourselves, our families, to put that armor of God on us. What is that armor of God? It is the sacraments. It is prayer. It is our relationship with Christ. It is all this, the wealth, these resources that are available through all these wonderful Catholic authors. And as I said, EWTN is a wonderful bookstore. We should be gifting people gifts like books and miraculous medals and rosaries that are available through EWTN for special occasions and holidays and housewarming gifts and birthdays and anniversaries. These are wonderful gifts to give to people. I love giving books to people. I've been giving books to people for many years, even when I was a kid. I remember I would always give my sister Shanna, my youngest sister Shanna, books on her birthday. And I'm an avid reader. I love to read. And one day she did one birthday. I think she was like nine or 10 at the time. And I'm several years older than her. And she said, Vanessa, I love all the gifts you give to me. But this year, can you just not give me any books? Or can I get something else other than books? (laughs) Uh, But I've always been giving books as gifts to people. So Father Ken Grassic will be joining us. I can't wait to have this discussion. I'm halfway through the book. I'll finish it up in the next day or so, too. It's an easy read, and it's a wonderful, wonderful book to prompt conversation with friends and family. And uh, and uh, Jeff Kassab and my friend Adora, we're all we're talking up. We're going to be having a discussion around this book, so I'm looking forward to it. Father Paul Merrick will be joining a spokesperson for the Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage, and we'll be talking with him about this event coming up on September 30th. It's a pilgrimage on September 30th for the Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage. And then finally wrapping up the show or rounding out the show here on Catholic Connection is the regular guest Teresa talks with every Monday is Gal Buckley Berenger from the Catholic Scripture Study International. And she'll be sharing with us the Bible verse of the week. And we'll be talking with her about that for a few minutes here as we wrap up Catholic Connection towards the end of the show. So it's a wonderful show lineup here. I hope you could stay with us for the entire hour. But now it's time to head to the news.
So kind of looking at the temperatures around the country, I'll give you some some highlights here in the Detroit area. We have a high of 73 degrees with some rain showers expected. Buffalo, New York, a high of 72, partly cloudy skies. New York City, a high of 76. Washington, a high of 73 and rain showers are expected. If you start tr- uh, heading down south to Atlanta, high of 79 degrees. Jacksonville, a high of 89 degrees. And Tampa, Florida, hi- Florida high of 94. Miami, high of 85 with rain showers are expected. And then in San Antonio, warm temperatures, a high of 91 degrees and partly cloudy skies. El Paso, a high of 90. Phoenix, Arizona, looks like it's the highest temperatures in the country, topping out at 103 degrees in Phoenix, Arizona. San Francisco, just 69 degrees in cloudy skies. And in, in Medford, 95 degrees, that's in California. Northern part of California and Seattle, a high of 72 and cloudy skies. Pope Francis preached a message of forgiveness Sunday. The Pope told the crowd gathered in St. Peter's Square to think of someone who has hurt them and ask God for the strength to forgive that person. Francis said that forgiveness could heal what he called the poisons of resentment and restore peace to our hearts. He said forgiving is not a good deed that we can choose to do or not to do, but a fundamental condition for those who are Christians. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain says there hasn't been much progress in talks with the big three automakers during the ongoing strike. It's a shame that the companies didn't take our advice and get down to business from the beginning of bargaining back in mid-July. Speaking Sunday on MSNBC, Fain added that the fight about the CEOs making millions of off the backs of low-paid workers, nearly 13,000 auto workers went on strike last week demanding better pay and pension benefits. Ford has laid off 600 employees at its assembly plant in Wayne, Michigan, as the United Auto Workers strike continues. Michael Kastner reports. The automaker announced the layoffs on Friday. Meanwhile, General Motors will idle its Fairfax assembly plant in Kansas, putting 2,000 people out of work. The strike at the Wenzel, Missouri assembly plant is being blamed for the move. UAW President Sean Fain says the automakers laying off people who are not on strike is putting the squeeze on the union to settle for less. Former President Trump says he would support a government shutdown if there's no fair deal to cut spending. Appearing on NBC's Meet the Press, Trump said, Trump said the U.S. is $35 trillion in debt, adding we have to save our country. Lawmakers in Congress must pass several spending bills or a short-term funding measure known as continuing resolution by September 30th. Conservatives in the Republican-led House are demanding deep cuts in spending. Two suspects are being charged with murder and police are looking for a third following the deadly opioid exposure at a daycare in the Bronx. Paul DeCastro reports. Cops say a one-year-old boy died and three other children became ill after being exposed to fentanyl on Friday. Investigators believe that a drug operation was running inside the Vino Nino daycare on Morris Avenue in the Kingsbridge section. Prosecutors say officers found one kilo of fentanyl inside the business. Officials say the owner, 36-year-old Gray Mendez, and alleged cohort Carlisto Acevedo Brito are facing charges that include murder, manslaughter, and assault. Police are searching for a third suspect who they believe to be the owner's husband. A man who was allegedly armed when he approached Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. at an event on Friday in Los Angeles is facing a gun charge. NBC's Aaron Gilchrist has more. 
And the man showed up at a door to the event carrying a loaded pistol, wearing what appeared to be a U.S. Marshal badge, and asking to be taken to the candidate. The campaign alleging that security also found a backpack with another handgun, knives, and ammunition. The LAPD said the 44-year-old man was arrested and booked on felony charge of carrying a concealed firearm. The theater where Kennedy was speaking is less than two miles from the Ambassador Hotel, where his father was assassinated in 1968. RFK Jr. has requested Secret Service protection in part due to the family's tragic history, which the campaign says has been denied twice. The United States is swapping money and prisoners for the five Americans detained in Iran expected to arrive in Doha later today. The deal gives Tehran access to $6 billion of its own oil revenue. The U.S. had frozen through sanctions. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby has defended the arrangements, stressing that there will be rigid restrictions on Iran's ability to use the money. Republicans have accused President Biden of paying ransom to a known state sponsor of terrorism. The American Red Cross is declaring a national blood shortage. Mark Mayfield has more. The organization says the country's blood supply has dropped by almost 25% since early last month. The Red Cross warns the shortage could potentially threaten the medical care of patients with critical conditions such as cancer and sickle cell disease or those who have an emergency need for blood. Natural disasters like Hurricane Idalia are being blamed by the Red Cross for hindering efforts to collect blood. The Red Cross is monitoring Hurricane Lee and how it may affect the Northeast this week. Doctors are out with a new warning about eating raw seafood. A nasty bacteria that could be deadly is on the rise. It's been so hot this summer, ocean water temperatures have increased. This particular organism likes to grow in warm, salty water. Dr. Philip Kaiser says that's also where oysters grow. He's with the University of Texas Medical Branch, which is investigating the death of a man who ate raw oysters. The bacteria is not just a problem along the Texas coast. It's also flourishing in Florida and Louisiana. Those three states are where most oysters sold in the U.S. come from. Jewish people are observing the high holy days ahead of Yom Kippur. This time is also referred to as the 10 days of awe. The high holy days will conclude Sunday, September 24th with Yom Kippur, the Jewish Day of Atonement. It's customary for Jews to fast on Yom Kippur. It is 13 minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for Teresa Tamio. We'll be right back after the break. She was a mystic and reformer who died at the age of 33. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Catherine of Siena accomplished something no one thought possible. She convinced Pope Gregory XI to return to Rome after the popes had lived in France for almost the whole of the 14th century. They've been there ever since. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and lighthouse work. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. This Ave Maria program is brought to you by the following. Weaving its way through the heart of the Holy Land is a well-worn path that once felt the footsteps of our biblical faith heroes, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, and Jesus. 
From sponsored TVN with hosts David Friedman and Mike Pompeo comes a sacred journey of hope along Route 60, the biblical highway. In theater September 18th and 19th, it's Route 60, the biblical highway. Information at Route60.movie. That's Route60.movie. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. We're back here in Catholic Connection. Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for Teresa Tamio. So I, I, I love reading, and people know who have listened to me fill in for Teresa or on my own show, Epiphany. I read all the time, and I was really excited to start reading this book over the weekend, Spiritual Warfare and a Divine Mercy, The Weapon for Our Times. I'm halfway through the book, published by Tan Books and written by Father Ken Geraci, joining us here today on Catholic Connection. Father Ken, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Vanessa, thanks for having me on. It's great being with you all this morning. So I'm really enjoying the read, and as I was telling you during the break, I'm reading this with two of my friends together uh, who are both speakers with the Easter ECRC Speakers Bureau, Jeff Kassab and Adora Ibrahim. We're all very passionate about this topic around spiritual warfare and how we could incorporate this message in our speaking engagement. So what inspired you, Father Ken, to want to write this book? I think it's the great need that we all find ourselves in. Um, regardless of where I'm at, the number one prayer request I get is, please pray for my family member, my friend, my so-and-so who is no longer practicing the faith, who has never been baptized. Who... And there's this, there's this great loss uh, that, that the devout are feeling that, that no one is immune from. And people feel powerless to... To confront this, they don't know where to begin. They know the rosary, they know going to mass, they know novena, but but they're looking for additional tools. And and this power of the divine mercy message, and in, in what I uh, kind of illuminate in uh, that second section, is really the key element of of how to pray in probably some of the most powerful ways possible. Yeah. I loved when you were talking about silence and there's so much noise in the world. And as you quote in here, you know, the, the devil wants to keep us busy. Uh, so we're yeah. distracted. Right. So can you kind of elaborate on yeah. the importance of going into silence prayer? Why is adoration so important? Why is silence so important? Well, well, I think I quoted uh, Magella Mills, this, uh, this matriarch here in this uh, rural community that I live in. She told me early in my priesthood, she said, Father, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Yeah. And that is really a profound statement that affected my entire priesthood early on. And the need for each of us to reflect on that in our own lives, to see where we are busy and how can we turn to God in that busyness. Um, someone once said, prayer is a time multiplier. And mm-hmm. so the time that you spend in adoration, God will not outdo in generosity. Uh, if you give him 15, 20, 30, an hour of your day, um, he, he's going to make it up to you. He's going to make traffic you know, less. He's going to make those meetings that normally take 45 minutes only last 37. So God is going to be providing for the time so we can eliminate this excuse that I just don't have the time to do these things. Um, 
but it's just so vitally important to make that time to still our heart, to hear the voice of God, because as people often say, we are fighting from the place of victory, but if we don't turn and stop and make that victory present in each of our own lives and that still silence of our hearts, uh, we're, we're just groping in the dark for it. You know, I love how you broke this down in the book, too, on page 27. Uh, informal prayer, formal prayer, scripture, silence, and continuing education. And you kind of break this down to like 20, 30 minutes of formal prayer and 10 minutes of scripture and 15 minutes of silence and 15 minutes of continuing education and formation. And it's, it's just a great visual for all of us. And I was thinking about it as I was reading this. I'm like, okay, do I do this? And so I have a picture of Jesus in my office. In fact, I have pictures of Jesus all over my home. But there's one favorite one in my office. And that prompts my informal prayer, Father, uh, Ken, because I have conversations with him all the time. I am you know, run my company out of my home. So he beca- he's my CEO, first and foremost. And then he's my friend and my colleague and somebody I vent to. And, and so can you talk with us about how you broke down this prayer, the informal, formal scripture, silence, and continuing education? So what, what you're referencing here is, is basic spiritual direction. The number one thing when people ask in spiritual direction, the first thing that you address in, in a spiritual direction meeting is identifying what the person's daily plan of prayer looks like. What does their prayer life look like? And so at the end of every Catholic's day, when I ask you, what does your prayer life look like? You should be able to tell me what it looks like, what, what your commitment to prayer every day without fail is. Uh, mm-hmm. You see this in religious communities, right? The religious communities have a horrorium that has a very developed life of prayer to it, with times for meditation, scripture, the divine office, rosaries. Um, so again, the lay faithful should not, their life should not look like a religious, but they can emulate that of having a daily plan of prayer. And so when you want to be engaged in spiritual warfare, if you're not praying every day, if you do not have this commitment to prayer every day, um, it, it's a real challenge to be successful in the spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we like to do is establish a daily plan of prayer. And so, and these are there's lots of different thoughts on daily plans of prayer, but this is mine, that there will be time for formal prayer, time for informal prayer, time for scripture, and then time for continuing education throughout your week and month, and then, of course, time for silence. Um, so with that in mind, when we, when we approach spiritual warfare like that, we are always making time for God throughout our day. And this can be divided out throughout our day, so you, you're not having to take large chunks of your day for this, but rather you're breaking up five minutes here, 20 minutes here, 10 minutes there, seven minutes over here, to really make space for God to engage in the life of Christ in that grace side of things from prayer uh, to help win this battle. So I have a twofold question for you, two-part question. Why is spiritual warfare such a hot topic these days, and why do you feel that it has been overlooked? It's such a hot topic because anybody who has a, a spiritual pulse feels under attack. Um, we all feel the pressure. You cannot turn on the news media. You cannot look at the things going on in the Church without feeling that, that oppression of the diabolic. The reason I think it's been so overlooked is I think that we as a universal church, and I'm not calling out any individuals, but universally, we have been focused on other things. Um, Our focus has not been on this reality of these attacks and assaults of the devil. And our focus has been directed in other things, and and that's a whole other conversation. But part of the, the 
intoxication that we live in in our culture today uh, is the busyness of life, of focusing on children, grandchildren, sporting events, um, you know, all of these other things that distract us from the major realities that are in front of us. And so this is my kind of answer to that question is that it's a twofold thing. One, all of us feel under attack. And then secondarily, uh, we are so, even myself, are, are busy, are distracted, have other things, minor things taking the place of major things. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Yeah. So in 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 a chapter, you make a bold claim in Chapter 4 that um, – a, a, a devotion like no other, would you say about the, like the divine mercy devotion is like no other? T- explain, Expand on that for us. Well, I'm going to draw up the words of St. John Paul the Great, who likened St. Faustina to a prophetess, not just a pro- person who has received a private revelation, mm-hmm. but our Lord said about Faustina that she is to prepare the world for Jesus' second coming. And so in the light of that, we're faced with this whole reality that St. Faustina, in the eyes of St. John Paul the Great, the Holy Father who approved all of this, is elevating her in a certain regard, saying, yeah, normally under private revelation we say there's nothing contradictory in this, and you can believe it or you don't have to, it's up to you. But John Paul is saying, hey, yeah, it is private revelation, but I'm inviting you to see this as something much larger, something, mm-hmm. and not only is it much larger in terms of the message for the preparation for the end times, but also the power and the fecundity, the life-givingness that comes from those who embrace the message and live the message. Mm. We're talking with Father uh, Ken today. He's the author of the book Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy, the Weapon for Our Times, available at 10 books at, at the EWTN Bookstore. And when we come back, Father, I'm going to ask you about when it comes to the Feast Day of Divine Mercy and the special grace associated, why is there no, so much confusion? We'll be right back after this with Father Ken Geraci right after this. Does waving to a neighbor improve our well-being? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. According to a Gallup survey from last month, it does make us feel better. It's hard for some people to wave or even say hello to a neighbor. For some, it's just the opposite. In our community in Michigan, neighbors drive by and rarely wave. In Florida, where we spend some time, it's just the opposite. The survey indicates that people who regularly say hello to multiple neighbors have higher well-being scores. The perfect zone of well-being is six greetings. A greeting may be a wave, a hello, a fist bump, or even a grunt. There are other benefits like feeling safe, financial well-being, and even career well-being. In Scripture, 1 Peter teaches us to keep loving one another earnestly and show hospitality without grumbling. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on how friendliness leads to well-being at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. I tell oftentimes an experience that I had at Divine Child when I was a young priest, one year ordained, first time I ever really saw the power of the Blessed Sacrament. 
And we simply exposed the Blessed Sacrament at the end of Mass one night. I encouraged people. I said, you know what? We've been in the habit of praying over people after Mass. I said, we're not going to do that this week. I'm just going to invite people to come on up and pray if they want to pray. And I put the Blessed Sacrament on the altar. I kneel down. As I kneel down, the church is in the sanctuary. The whole church. And as I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at the people there, and I'm looking at Jesus under the appearance of bread there, I saw the Lord standing on the altar. And he's just standing there looking out at all the people. And then at a certain point, he turned towards me, and he just bowed. And he says, don't you see how easy this is? You don't have to do anything. You just have to put me out. You put me out, and I will work. Catholic Connection, Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for Teresa Tamio, talking with Father Ken Geraci here about his latest book, Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy, The Weapon for Our Times, published by Tan Books. And uh, Father, before we uh, took a break, I posed a question that uh, my next question to you is, when it comes to the Feast of the Divine Mercy and the special grace associated with it, why is there so much confusion? Part of it deals with not understanding the devotion. There are many priests and, and lay faithful who have not read the diary, who have not uh, dove deep into the promises made by Christ. And so a lot of times you'll hear a, a priest or a, a, a parish community say, hey, come to Divine Mercy Sunday, you can get a plenary indulgence, which is true. For those who pray the um, Divine Mercy Novena that starts on Good Friday, for those who participate in Divine Mercy uh, devotions, there's a plenary indulgence attached under the four normal conditions. But on Divine Mercy Sunday, paragraph 699 of the diary, our Lord makes a very specific promise that John Paul, as well as theologians, have affirmed. For the soul that has gone to confession and receives Holy Communion within the state of grace will receive the total renewal of their baptismal graces. It's as if you have just been baptized that day. All personal sin, all temporal punishment due to sin is eliminated. Literally, if you were to die immediately after receiving Holy Communion, you would literally go straight to heaven. And we kind of have a testament of this in the life of St. John Paul the Great, because he died on the vigil of divine mercy. He died after Vespers were prayed. Someone brought him Holy Communion in the form of a precious blood, and they gave him Holy Communion via the precious blood, and he died not long after that. Uh, and then immediately after his death, we see immediate miracles taking place. Wow. You also say in the book that the heart of this book is Chapter 6 on the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Why is it so important to you and to the Church? I think this is this is so important to me because so many of our devoted devoted Catholics are praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet without recognizing the power with which they are praying. Um, um, I make the argument that the Divine Mercy Chaplet is an extension of the liturgy of the Eucharist, and I'm not inventing anything. There are several other people who talk about this as well. We're simply reflecting upon the reality of the words with which we are praying. See, when we look at the Divine Mercy Chaplet, the main prayer we say, Eternal Father, I, that's the individual, offer. It's an action. So Eternal Father, I offer, what are we offering? The body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. For what reason? The atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. Now, where do we find the body, blood, soul, and divinity? 
That's the Eucharist. That's mm. the Mass. The Mass is the representation of Calvary. And why is Christ offered on Calvary? The atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. So when a faithful person, or even an unfaithful person, prays the Divine Mercy Chaplet, they are literally entering mystically into that heavenly wedding banquet where Calvary is before the eyes of God. Those graces of Calvary are being poured forth upon them, their intention, and the place that they find themselves. Hmm. And so this great word in philosophy is called intentionality, the awareness that you're aware. That's what it means to be aware that you're aware. So the more intentional we are, the more aware of the power and the, the, the weight of what we're doing, the greater the graces will be. So, Father, tell us the distinction you make between the Divine Mercy Chaplet and praying the Rosary. So the Rosary is a meditation on the 20 mysteries of the life of Christ, right? So we, we meditate, we chew on that, we, we go to God in, in a certain regard, and God you know, inter- encounters us in our meditation. We sit with Mother Mary uh, as we pray the Divine—I'm sorry, as we pray the Rosary. So the rosary is a meditation. When we pray the chaplet, though you can have amazing meditations praying the chaplet, the chaplet is, in principle, is an action. And we know this from that third word, Eternal Father, I offer from offering. So for your listeners right now, if if you were to imagine yourself offering something to the Father, you're going to stand there and you're going to hold your hands out in this act of offering. And so what is it that you're offering? The body, blood, soul, and divinity. So the chaplet is an action where the rosary is a meditation. And so this is very, very important for us when we pray the chaplet to see ourselves standing before God the Father. And this requires a level of vulnerability, a level of faith. I mean, this can be very challenging when we pray with great sincerity to see yourself before the very throne of the Father offering him the sacrifice of his son through the hands of the priest, right? And so this is just, it's such a a monumentous moment, uh, and one so many people miss because we're, we're just saying the words, we're not entering into the action. Yeah. And then, and Father, can you also make the claim in the book, uh, Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy, uh, the chaplet is actually more powerful from the rosary. So can you kind of elaborate more on that? Well, I want people to get the book to uh, to to, to uh, hear that full answer <laughs> okay. because that's okay. a bold claim, man. Yeah, twenty yeah. seconds isn't going to be enough to answer that. But uh-huh. but very very to the point. Why would I say? Why would I make this claim that the rosary, uh, the the chaplet, is more powerful than the rosary? Well, the argument goes to what we've been just discussing: that the chaplet is a direct. All of the graces flow directly from Calvary. Flow from the Eucharistic presence of Christ in the Mass. And so the rosary is sitting with the Blessed Virgin, having her intercede for us, us going together as a family to Christ, right, for intercessory prayer, for meditation. So just from an objective perspective, that when you sit at the foot of Calvary and allow those graces to wash over you, the action of Calvary acting on us is more powerful than the meditation and the graces that come from sitting with Mother Mary, meditating on the life of Christ. Of course, at the foot of the cross, who stood there? Mother Mary. So you're getting mom on both sides. So mom's with you either way. 
Mm, that's beautiful. Uh, Father, can we have a couple minutes with you left here on Catholic Connection? Uh, what else do you want to share with our listeners about the book? Um, what, what else do you want to focus on? I just think it's a very important book. Um, again, I'm not a writer. I, I have more learning disabilities than you can shake a stick at. And so the fact that I've been able to produce not one but two books uh-huh. uh, is, is really an act of grace. Um, this book was written uh, on a very simple level. It was written for the average person to really help us not only recognize that we are under attack, but also to help you not feel powerless, to help you feel powerful in the face of the enemy. Not that you're going to go out, duke it out with Satan, but rather when you turn to Christ in these areas, the light of Christ is going to shine through you so brightly that it's going to attract your family members and friends back to Christ, but it's also going to repel the devil. It's going to blind the devil because the light of Christ is going to be shining so brightly in each of us. So this is my really hope for this book, for, for those who encounter it, and even for those who just share the message of it, really to let that light of Christ burn brightly. Amen. Father Ken Geraci, thank you so much for joining us here on Catholic Connection and sharing with us about your book, Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy. Thank you. God bless again. The book is available at the EWTN Religious Catalog. There's wonderful wealth of resources there. EWTN Religious Catalog, great stocking stuffer ideas as we head into the holiday season. Father Ken Geraci's book, By Tan Books, is one of those. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back after the break. Father Benedict Groeschel. I want to welcome you, if you're not familiar, with the wonderful world of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What will America become if it makes it impossible for the Holy Spirit to work here because of untruth and self-indulgence and paganism? This is not just a nice discussion of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because I'm going to discuss What happens when people make it impossible to be prudent, just, or honest, or brave, or courageous, or reverent? When people make that impossible, what a terrible thing they do not only to themselves, but to our society. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Sanctity is not an outgrowth of a person's political opinions. Sainthood is about the demonstration of heroic virtue, and that has virtually nothing to do with a person's politics. Not all political views are equally good, but whatever your political view, you can be a saint. Because being a saint doesn't mean that you have all your intellectual opinions perfectly formed. It means you have been purged of disordered self-love, and you have put on Christ. The late Cardinal George used to say, the church is not conservative or liberal. The church is Catholic. Dorothy Day, was she conservative or liberal? Oscar Romero, conservative or liberal? St. John Paul II, conservative or liberal? We have a different agenda, even when it comes to the social order. But our primary agenda is sainthood. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. We're back here on Catholic Connection. Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for my dear sister in Christ, Teresa Tamio. And joining us now 
is Father Paul Merrick, spokesperson for the Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage, coming up on September 30th. And Father Paul, did I get your last name right? Merritt, yeah, that's right. And Merritt, thank, you. thank you? you so much. Yeah. Good, a pleasure talking with you. So let's talk about the Rosary Pilgrimage coming up September 30th. What does this entail? So we're going to have this great event. It's uh, the first time we're doing this at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, and it's going to be an all-day event dedicated to the Rosary. We're going to have a couple of uh, presentations on the Rosary by Father Gregory Pine uh, and uh, Dominican at the Dominican House of Studies there in Washington. And then uh, we'll have throughout the day opportunities for Eucharistic adoration and confession. We're going to have a praying of the rosary uh, in the upper church of the shrine, a very special praying of the rosary. We also have a very special visitor from uh, the Dominican Order, Father Lawrence Liu, who's the promoter general of the rosary for the entire Dominican Order. He's an English Dominican friar, and so he's going to be coming to give a a short talk. And then we'll end with uh, the vigil mass at the shrine, which I'll be celebrating at 4.30. And it's really, you know, we're doing this on September 30th as a way to help us enter in to the month of the Rosary, in a way keeping vigil Mm. for that whole month of October that will begin the next day, uh, which is dedicated to Our Lady's Rosary. That's so beautiful. Why, Father, is praying the Rosary so important, especially in the spiritual warfare times that we live in today? Right. Well, the, when we pray the rosary, it's a devotion to Our Lady, but the focus is always on our Lord Jesus Christ. We're praying, we're meditating on these mysteries of Christ's life, His ministry, His suffering and death, and His glorious resurrection. And so part of that is, it's a meditation on the truth, that we truly believe this, that our God became incarnate, that He became incarnate through His Mother Mary, and she's helping us grow deeper in our relationship with the Lord Jesus. And certainly we pray the rosary because it's it's a way of intercessory prayer. We turn to Our Lady for her help to help us on this uh, throughout this journey of life as we seek to grow closer to the Lord. And like you even said, with this, in the world we live in and, and the spiritual warfare that we face, we have such a great protector in Our Lady who is seeking uh, our good, who is praying for us in heaven, who wants us to grow closer and closer to Jesus. So, Father, tell us, on the Dominican Rosary pilgrimages seven, uh, and September 30th, what, what can people do to participate? Can they sign? They just go to the website and sign up? And what, what does it entail right. if they want so, to participate? So for details and information, go to www.rosarypilgrimage.org, and that'll give you the schedule of events for today, and it'll uh, connect you to ways uh, that you can participate. And we hope to get as many people as possible to the shrine in Washington, you know, if you live near Washington, or I know a number of uh, parishes are organizing bus trips to the Basilica uh, to come there uh, on that day. But then we also have events will be a live stream online, so you can check on the website to find the links for that, where you can, if you can't be there in person, you can at least participate remotely. Mm-hmm. And Father, you know, um, praying the rosary, I like to pray the rosary when I'm walking. I like to pray the rosary yeah. in adoration. Yeah. I like, can you, can you share with our listeners about, um, you know, it doesn't, you could pray the rosary anywhere. I pray it in my car. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. it doesn't have to be, you know, oh, I have to sit and do this right, in, you know, in this way, you know, right. can you speak to our, speak to our listeners about that? All right. Part of that is it being a devotion. So a devotion is something that you can do any type of any time of day or like you mentioned different places whether you're walking or in the car you know you're not necessarily confined to praying it in a church or praying it during you know at a specific hour and there's something with the rosary too like what you mentioned with walking 
while praying the rosary. That's such a good thing because the rosary at its heart is a meditative prayer. You are focusing on the mystery of Jesus and his, his, his life and his redemption for us. And I think there is something to be said about if you're going for a nice walk, say, you know, on a quiet street or in the park, that you're, you're already, in a way, recollected, and that's helping you then uh, to get ready to pray the rosary, and the rosary just helps to deepen that recollection. You know, sometimes in the car you might not be as, <laughs> as recollected, so that could be a little more difficult, but I do that too yeah. when I'm on a road trip, and, uh, you know, i got 15, 20 minutes free. Let me get that rosary out soon. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite ways to pray the rosary is walking and then in adoration. Yeah. But sometimes, right. you know, I'll stop if something's going on in my life, and sometimes I'll mm-hmm. do a decade. You know what I mean? Can yes. you talk to yes. our listeners about, you know, sometimes I can only I can squeeze in a decade or I know I need to squeeze right. in another decade because something's happening and I just need to stop and pray. Yes. Can you speak to yeah. our listeners about that? Right, and I, and I think there's something to be said with, you know, when you look at the rosary, you know, again, as a devotion, so there's not a requirement to it. Uh, to praying it, you know, it's it's highly encouraged. You know, popes and saints have encouraged praying it. But a lot of times, for people living a busy life, they may only be able to do a portion of the rosary. You know, and mm-hmm. some people they have time where they could pray all twenty <laughs> decades every day. Other people they may need to, you know, split that up, uh, maybe a decade here or there. Obviously, what's what's customary is praying a set of mysteries, five mysteries each day, you know, designated days during the week. But even then, maybe that has to be broken up. I know with families, you know, sometimes if you have small children, just getting through a decade uh, is an accomplishment right there. But go do that. You know, do what you are able to do, because Our Lady is taking those prayers uh, to the heart of her Son. You know, she is interceding for us, praying for us. And it's a great way, like you said, with having a need. You know, if you're praying 50 Hail Marys, uh, with your, when you sit down to pray the rosary or go to walk to pray the rosary, if you need to pray for people, just look at all those different individual prayers you can offer up. You know, for my friend here who's sick or my family member who's having a difficult time, you can take each of those individual Hail Marys and offer mm-hmm. them for someone. You know, Father Paul Meritus, who we're talking to, spoke, spokesperson for the Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage, coming up Saturday, September 30th. You can go to rosarypilgrimage.org to find out more. And Father Paul, one of my most prominent childhood memories is watching, just observing, I should see, my my grandmothers, both my grandmothers, uh, praying the rosary. They would. I just mm-hmm. remember my, my dad's mom mostly, too, in my house, you know, growing up, and she'd sit at the chair and just sit and pray the rosary. And my, my grandmother yes. used, my other grandmother used to walk to church every single day and pray the rosary and i remember that as a child can you speak to our listeners about the importance of role modeling like just praying the rosary in front of children you know they you might not even engage them to pray it with you but those memories you know really uh uh, imprinted my mind my my childhood memories i think the rosary what you're speaking of it's a great witness it's a great tool of witness because whether you've seen someone praying it in your own family like with your grandmother's or even, you know, what, what we friars notice a lot is that people are drawn to, when they see our habits out in public, if they're not Catholic or not even Christian, they're drawn to the rosary, because we wear a rosary on our side, and that that makes them want to wonder, like, well, what is that? You know, or how can I get one of those? They may not even be Catholic, but they want a rosary. Uh, and I think part of it is, too, you know, on, on every rosary you see the crucifix, and that is a great witness itself, that it's a pretty clear sign that this is something related to Christ. And I know in, in many times as we, uh, when we go out and, and perhaps minister or evangelize, you know, on the streets, you know, we'll bring rosaries with us because people are drawn uh, to that rosary, and, you know, they'll take that as a free gift. Uh, mm-hmm. And we hope that with that, you know, that it's a witness 
where Our Lady can draw them in to be closer to the Lord Jesus. We have about a minute left with you, Father Paul. Any last words for our listeners here on Catholic Connection before we let you go? You know, just uh, we want to have as many people as possible down at the pilgrimage on September 30th. So if you're near Washington or can drive there, you know, please uh, consider coming or follow us online. And, you know, pray the rosary as we enter into the month of October. You know, if this is a devotion you're not, you know, really aware of or haven't prayed or maybe want to know a little more about, you can also uh, go to our website for the Rosary Confraternity. That's rosaryconfraternity.org. That's something we have all throughout the year. Uh, not just limited to the pilgrimage. It's a way where you can learn more about the rosary and how to pray it and how to become more devoted to the rosary. You know, and it's a great way to evangelize the faith, not just witness, but evangelize by inviting somebody to pray the rosary with you. That's right. That's right. And you can do it it. as a group, you know, individually, as a family. You know, it's it's a very communal prayer. Yeah, it is. It's beautiful. Father Paul Merritt, thank you so much for joining us here today on Catholic Connection. Thank you for having me, Vanessa. God bless you. God bless you and all the work that you do. Father Paul, spokesperson for the Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage. Again, that's coming up Saturday, September 30th. And you can go to rosarypilgrimage.org to find out more. If you go to the website, they actually have a view of the schedule. The doors open at 9 a.m. Again, Saturday, September 30th, the conference, the Virgin Mary, our refuge in heaven. Uh, Father Gregory will be speaking. uh, Exposition and Eucharistic adoration is happening at 11 a.m. And then 11 to 145 is confessions. They have book signings going on from 12 to 1. Benediction at 145. The Conference of the Holy Rosary, our recourse on earth with Father Gregory. And then the Most Holy Rosary at 3. And then there's going to be more talks uh, ending at 4. And then 4.30 will be a vigil mass. Again, that's the Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage. There's a list of speakers. You can find out more about the event. And they're hoping that people will, you know, will go drive there and go in person. If not, there is an online component as well uh, to the Rosary Pilgrimage. And, and really, this is something that St. Faustina, as we were talking earlier with Father Ken Geraci about about St. Faustina uh, in her in her um conversations with our Lord spoke to praying the rosary, the power of praying the rosary. And if you haven't incorporated this into your daily prayer life, I really encourage you to do so. At least start with a decade a day. It's it's just so wonderful. And I love to pray the rosary on my walk. So it's just, it's such a wonderful way to uh, grow closer to Christ. Stay with us, everyone. When we come back, Gail Buckley Berenger will be joining us from the Catholic Scripture Study International with her Bible verse of the week. We'll be right back after this. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. You and your spouse are invited to cruise with Royal Caribbean this January, along with Father Michael Schmitz, Archbishop Nauman, Al, Teresa, Dr. Ray, and many others. Get away with your spouse on a fun, relaxing, and rejuvenating cruise with inspiring speakers, daily mass, and endless memorable experiences. Father Michael Schmitz comments, You'll encounter an amazing community of couples and speakers, and most importantly, you'll encounter Christ. More details at AveMariaRadio.net. Just click the travel link. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? 
Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. CMF Curo is the Catholic healthcare option you've been searching for. From concierge service to ethical consultations to partnerships with one of the nation's largest healthcare sharing ministries, CMF Curo offers a pro-life, Catholic approach to your overall health and well-being. Find out today if CMF Curo is right for you. Call 833-GET-CURO. That's 833-G-E-T-C-U-R-O. Or visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. It's a Monday here on Catholic Connection. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for my dear sister, Teresa Tamio. And as always, on Monday, Gail Buckley Behringer joins Teresa on Catholic Connection from the Catholic Scriptures Study International with a Bible verse of the week. Gail, how are you on this Monday? I'm doing great, Vanessa. Thank you. Always a pleasure talking with you. So I know you're going to tell us about the Bible verse, and there's no uh, coincidences. It's God incidences. It ties into the exact conversation we're having about Mother Mary, the Rosary, and spiritual warfare. So share with us a verse this week. I know. I love it, too. Share with (laughs) us a verse this week. Okay. Our verse today is from Revelation chapter 12, verse 1, and it says, A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. And as you said, this is like ties into the rosary, because that's one of the the um, um, things that we have in the rosary about the queen of heaven, mm-hmm. uh, about her being crowned, her coronation. So, you know, some people outside the Catholic Church, Vanessa, you know, they think, well, where do you get that title? There's nothing in the Bible about that. But our verse today actually is proof of that, where it mm. says, a proof of Mary's queenship. You know, first of all, our verse says that a great sign appeared in heaven, and it was a woman clothed with a sun with a star, a crown of stars on her head. So she's in heaven, and she's got a crown on. And then we, you know, in verse 4 and 5, we're told that she's pregnant, and she gives birth to a man-child who will rule all nations with a rod of iron. So if we go back to Revelation 2.27, we're told that Jesus rules with a rod of iron. So there are also references and prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus being, you know, the rule, ruling with a rule of, of, or the rod of iron. But anyway, so again, we see this woman in heaven who's wearing a crown, and she gives birth to a son who will rule with a rod of iron. So it certainly speaks of Mary, who is the mother of Jesus, as being the queen, wearing a crown, seen in heaven. And I want to point out, Vanessa, that in ancient Israel, the mother of the king was always the queen, not the wife of the king. For instance, we read in the book of First um, Kings that Bathsheba, who was the mother of King Solomon, when she went in to speak to him, when she walked in, he got up and he bowed down to her. Then he sat on his throne and ordered a throne to be brought for her, and she sat at his right hand. So it makes sense that a, the queen would be the mother because, for instance, Solomon had 700 wives. I don't know how wow. he would have picked the queen from that. So the mother was always the queen. So we know that Jesus is the king of kings, and Mary as his mother is a queen. So she's definitely the queen of heaven and on earth, you know. So Mm -hmm. the next time someone asks, um, you know, about that title, they can go to this verse that we have today, Revelation 12, 1, to prove that Mary is the queen of heaven, and she's the queen of earth as well. 
Mm-hmm. And it's such an it, it's such an important reminder of the power of prayer and the rosary and how Mary leads us to her son. I mean, there's so much misconception by even some Catholics that when we pray the rosary, we're worshiping Mary. And when we're absolutely not, exactly. she's praying with us and for us as we walk through the life of Jesus Christ. So we have a minute left with you, Gail. What do you all want to share as, as, this, as this Bible verse ties into the importance of prayer with the rosary? Well, I think, um, you know, we have all the... People, like you said, people think, well, why do you pray the rosary? Why do you pray in the Mary? We're not praying the Mary. All the rosary is all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's all very biblical. And so Mary being the Queen of Heaven, I think, um, is just one of her titles. She has many, but all of her titles we have proof of. And, like, some of them are in the rosary, and a lot of them are in the Bible. And um, so... I just think it's good for Catholics to know their faith, to understand what they're praying in the rosary, that it's all biblical, it's about Jesus, and to be able to explain to others outside of the church just why we do those things. And, you thank know, you. we're venerating Mary, not worshiping yeah. her. Okay, amen. Gail Buckley, Berenger, thank you for being with us here today in Catholic Connection. And thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time here on Catholic Connection. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.